genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello there. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Genius. This is really a show where we bring on amazing entrepreneurs from all walks of life that have started amazing companies that have grown to scale, or they could be small too, small, big, and everything in between. Uh, we also bring on investors. Uh, we bring on advisors and consultants, people are, that are just true geniuses of their craft of uh, building a CPG brand. So uh, beyond excited to um, have this guest on our show today. Um, he is amazing. His brand is national and doing extremely well. Um, and he has a uh, celebrity that is an ambassador and investor, plus an amazing co-founder who has built other multi-million dollar businesses. So before announcing our guest, want to give a, a quick plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark and ManhattanBeachStudios.net. There he is in his man cave in the back there uh, uh, with walls around him so we can't hear him, but we, I, I can see him. So, uh, yeah, Mark and at ManhattanBeachStudios.net for all your editing, desires, photos, videos, whatever you want. Costco boxes. He did ours. He's amazing. All right. So our guest today, and by the way, this is episode 36 with Ari Raz. He is the president and co-founder of Once Upon a Farm. Little bio on him. Ari Raz, president and co-founder of Once Upon a Farm, boasts an extensive history in strategy, marketing, and financial management. Uh, qualities he brings to his role at the organic, non-GMO, and HPP baby food brand. Ari founded his first baby food company, Pure Joy, out of a passion to improve the quality of infant nutrition for all children, I think, and he's a, now a father himself, from what I saw on LinkedIn. As a local home delivery company, Ari quickly discovered the huge consumer need for fresh, homemade baby food, but also found that the supply of his product could not keep up with demand, a good problem to have. Knowing that HPP could help him expand distribution nationwide and increase supply without compromising the quality of his products, he reached out to, to Cassandra Curtis, an HPP baby food entrepreneur in San Diego, with the hope they could build a national brand together. As an uncle to seven and a father to one, he is thrilled to combine his business acumen with his love of building companies, two passions that have cultivated in the creation of Once Upon a Farm. Ari, how's it going, my man? Hello. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. So uh, we skillfully have avoided each other, not in a bad way, right? Not on purpose, but we actually have not met yet. We've done email, we've done LinkedIn in this age, digital. That's what a lot of people do, but actually seeing each other somewhat face-to-face -face virtually. So uh, it's really cool to finally connect with you. Uh, same with you, Alex. I've been following your story and the story of Genius Juice for many years now, as I'm sure you've been following Once Upon a Farm. So just as you feel, it's so nice to connect with a, a fellow entrepreneur who um, I think started from a, just a real sense of passion and a, a place of authenticity. So pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a true honor to have you on. And uh so let's let's roll right into it. And by the way, um, I have this on me because I, I bought a few of them um, at Target. And this is awesome. the Omai oh Mega Veggie. I think I made the mistake of keeping it in my pocket a little too long. So it's a little bit warmer. But um, yeah. what, what I want to say is like this is not only for babies. Like that's really the cool <laughs> thing. This is a smoothie. <laughs> 
that I really enjoy. That's like clean and freshly blended fruits and veggies. Like it's like it simulates like you're you're, blend, you're blending it in your own kitchen. So this is just an amazing product. This is he did not pay me to say this. This is really truly amazing. So great job on oh. the product, my man. Thank you so much. And I think, um, well, two things. One, you know, I, I have a, a ten month old at home, and we have a we have a once upon a farm subscription coming to our house every month. And I really have to keep myself, you know, from <laughs> right. grabbing pouches out of the fridge that are meant for him. Because, <laughs> you know, they do make a, a delicious snack, especially when you're working from home and you want something quick that's that you know is not bad for you. Right. Um, you know, kind of like a, a genius, you know, a genius uh, smoothie, right? Um, exactly. Which is also a delicious product, might I, uh, might I say. Um I think that no adult should ever feel bad eating food from a pouch. I think that it should be a completely normalized thing. And, you know, now that I think about it, I think you will start seeing more and more brands that are going to be putting this kind of food in pouches for adults. Because I can tell you, um, especially if you, if you go to some markets in LA that are, that are seeing this sort of more cutting edge, mm -hmm. I think you'll see some products there that, that do align with that pretty, pretty closely. Exactly. And then the packaging is also more sustainable, which I really like, you know, in reading your story, um, like less, if any plastic, like very, very limited there. So I think this is becoming more of a, a trend now to be more eco-conscious. Um, I think a great marketing idea, if you haven't done it already, is like a parent stealing it from their kid or something. <laughs> have you, have you, have you guys thought of that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've we've thought of all kinds of, of things. Yeah. I mean, there's really, you know, there's so many there's so many cool ideas when you when you look at it from the perspective of an adult is really just a grown up baby. Yeah, you know, and and what does that mean? You know, we all crave very similar things, and um, yeah, so that's that's definitely uh, one of the many ideas that we've had, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean. Full disclosure: I don't look at our every Instagram post we every day. So probably at some point in the last three years, something like that. I wouldn't be surprised, but if we haven't, we should. I totally agree with you. Definitely, I'm sure you guys have thought of uh, through a lot of different <laughs> with your team and how much you've grown. There's unlimited uh, amounts of marketing campaigns that you can do to like get more and more Americans to see this product and understand it and buy it. Um, but I'm a big fan. It's a smoothie, even if it's in a pouch. It could be in a any kind of format. It's what's inside that also counts. It's a, just a high quality product. Let's roll into your story. You know, I watched your episode of um, with uh, Mark Samuel, who has just joined us again for a second time. Uh, the host of Let's Eat, another show on LinkedIn. He's, awesome. He's amazing. He's like becoming the largest food and bev influencer on LinkedIn. And I, I, I am truly jealous in a good way of how many followers he has and how many shows he has. I'm just, I'm aspiring to be like, you know, not, not be like Mike, be like Mark, right? On LinkedIn. <laughs> I so love that. Yeah. So tell us more about your story. I've heard it. It's an amazing story. Um, you have a celebrity investor ambassador on your team. You have a great uh, co-founder that has built other amazing brands. Tell us your story of how you started once upon a farm, how you connected with your now partners, and uh, where once upon once upon a farm is right now. I'm happy to. So we uh, so once upon a farm started 
in 2015. And back then, it wasn't called Once Upon a Farm. It was actually called Pure Joy in the very early days. So what happened was I had a baby food company based in Washington, D.C. that was a fresh baby food uh, delivery company. So basically selling direct to um, you know to parents on a subscription basis. And at the time, I really, you know, just as you read in the bio, um, felt and, and heard from parents that I was speaking with that, you know, if there was a product like mine available in grocery stores, they would buy it all the time over the shelf stable, uh, shelf stable heat pasteurized brands that were available, um, because that's really all that you could buy from the stores. So at the time, I literally typed into Google, uh, what did I type? I typed, it was, um, you know, how can I preserve fresh food without cooking it? Something like that. It was, you know, like the just most naive search imaginable. But to my surprise, uh, this concept of HPP just popped up in the search. And I started researching high pressure pasteurization from there. And the minute I learned about it and saw that it was already being used for different verticals in food, like salsa, guacamole, hummus, um, juice, right? Um, and the incredible brands that were just being created around the technology, I got really excited and just had this idea, well, if I could take a baby food puree, which is very similar to a juice, and put it in a pouch and HPP it, couldn't I uh, get those into stores and, and sell them? Uh, so... The, the way that I connected with Cassandra Curtis, who became my co-founder, was completely random. I um, found her website on the internet and just reached out on the contact page and said, hey, I'm this baby food entrepreneur in DC, and I would love to work with you. I'd love, or I, I didn't even say that. I said, I'd love to learn you know, how you brought HPP baby food to market because I knew that she would have to have taken it through FDA testing you know, to get it into stores. And even at the time, she didn't have that much distribution. I think she was in Jimbo's, which is a local chain here in San Diego, but not much beyond that. <clears throat> and after about four emails, she finally responded. And I was very lucky in that my timing was excellent. She, at the time, was looking for a co-founder in San Diego and couldn't find anybody who shared the same passion for baby food as she did. And I just kind of came out of the ether, this passionate baby food guy, you know, from DC. And we, you know, had one video conversation. And, you know, even though we hadn't met in person, uh, from then on, we decided we'd start working together. And we formed the LLC before we met. And uh, I moved, uh, you know, I shut down my business in DC and moved to San Diego in early 2015. Um, had basically no money to start with, but you know we we had enough to start paying for branding. And by the middle of 2015, we uh, changed the name from Pure Joy, working with our branding agency, to Once Upon a Farm, and we came. You know, they created the, the beautiful logo that you saw. And yeah, that's that's one of our um, original D2C boxes right there. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, based on the branding and the concept and the flavors that Cassandra was creating, all these beautiful recipes, we were able to start attracting investors. And, you know, surprisingly, we actually were able to get one of the greatest, um, I would say, uh, operators in, in the natural products industry to become an investor before we even launch product into the market. And that person was John Foraker from Annie's Organic. So, you know, onboarding John Foraker as an investor and onto our advisory board was huge for us. And it gave us a lot of credibility with other potential investors, you know, who then followed John as angels. So we were able to raise, you know, a significant amount, at least at the time in those early days. So that's, that's a picture. Um, I, I just want to pause here for a second because this picture is awesome. Um, this picture is in Locust Grove, Oklahoma, and I'm going to get to this part of the story very shortly, but as you can see, that's Jennifer Garner on the left, mm -hmm. uh, John Forker next to her. That's Jennifer, uh, Jennifer's uncle Rob mm -hmm. in the middle. Mm -hmm. And he is, uh, actually he lives in Oklahoma and the house that he lives in is on this beautiful piece of land, uh, that, uh, once upon a farm developed a organic farm on. Oh, and wow. the land is actually owned by Jennifer Garner. And it's oh. the same land that her mom grew up on. It's the same land that her uncle Rob grew up on. It's this, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. So um, I was going to get to that later, but you jumped to this picture. I just want to, to point this out. This is an incredible uh, piece of Once Upon a Farm. It's the actual farm that we have in Oklahoma. And it ties back to Jennifer Garner and John Forker. So let me, let me fast forward a tiny bit. So John Foraker joined the company, uh, sorry, before John Foraker joined the company as a co-founder, he was an investor. What ended up happening is as we were building the brand throughout 2016, 2017, uh, you know, we got some traction, we onboarded Whole Foods, uh, we started it in the Northeast, then we got the SOPAC region and um, the Southwest region, we got into Wegmans, we got into you know, quite a few really great regional accounts across the country. And we were, we had launched our D2C business. So uh, from 2016 to 2017, we grew um, sales over 100%. And it was just really nice growth. But in the middle of 2017, one of our advisors that we had been working with for a long time, a guy named Greg Fleischman, uh, reached out to us because he had been working with. Um, a celebrity on a brand that he co-founded called uh, Foodsters. And that celebrity uh, had a business manager who also represented Jennifer Garner. So the business manager asked Greg if he could recommend a brand for Jennifer Garner to partner with in the same way that um, his, you know, his celebrity partner was working with him. And he recommended Once Upon a Farm. So that's that's literally how she got introduced to the brand. And once she found out about it, we, you know, and, and got sent samples and tried the product, she asked to meet with myself and Cassandra. And imagine you're at the, you're, you're at the stage of genius juice where you are. And, you know, uh, George Clooney, you know, invites you to his house, right. To, to meet with you, to talk about your brand. I mean, it was that that's, that's what it was for us. I mean, we, we literally were just shocked that, she would want to meet with us because we were still so small. And in my head, I was thinking, you know, if Jennifer Garner wants to do anything with us, it doesn't really make sense at this stage because we don't have the distribution that would justify someone like her 
using her voice to promote the brand because mm -hmm. you know you want people to be able to easily find the products to buy it almost anywhere you want it to be readily available across the country you know ready for that kind of publicity that it would get so i think jen uh at the time being a very savvy person herself after she met with us she noticed in the presentation that we gave to her that john forker's picture was on our advisory board uh slide and she recognized the brand annie's organic that he was you know he'd been the ceo of for 18 years and she said hey you know can i can i meet with this guy and uh i mean yeah of course you could meet with him so john luckily actually he was a big fan of alias uh I don't know if you know that show, but it was it was a big show that Jen Garner was was mm -hmm. the star of. Right. So he was more than happy to fly down from uh, from Northern California to LA to meet with Jen. He's like, let, and, let me think, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it took him about two two seconds to say yes. But um, you know, even back even in that initial call, where, when I asked him if he would meet with her, we had no idea why, other than to talk about you know, the state of affairs in the organic food industry and mm -hmm. what, um, you know, what it's like to grow a brand, right? Because he's kind of this all-knowing guru guy, you know, we call him uh, John Foracle. I don't know, it's kind of a, a lame nickname, but anyway. Foracle, um, the, oh, the Oracle, okay. Yeah. Got it. I was, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to fit in like Yoda somewhere, like, but I don't kind think. Kind of, Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't Something really like that. doesn't really flow to put Yoda for for Yoda. That doesn't no doesn't no, work. Foracle is a lot better. Same idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All knowing. So ton of experience. Yeah. So um. So what happened? Yeah. So he, I know that so he eventually he became an executive. Meeting. Yeah. Well, no, he showed up to this meeting. He he was thirty minutes late uh -huh. to a thirty minute meeting with Jen Garner, and mm. it ended up being a three hour meeting. And in that meeting. Jen basically convinced John to join the company and, you know, wow. on board with her. Mm. So they actually both joined as co-founders. So Jen's a co-founder. John's a co-founder as well. John's our CEO. Jen's our chief brand officer. Cassandra's our chief, op, um, chief innovation officer. And I'm the mm. president of the company. Um, so when they joined the company, you know, we were still fairly small. We were distributed in about 300 and 50 360 doors across the country you know still just getting our bearings in the market and, and growing quite organically that way mm -hmm. and by i mean within 18 months we were in about nine thousand doors wow that's that is so, such amazing scale amazing so that that's that kind of ramp you know you need experience like really really deep experience on the team to manage that from an operations perspective, finance, uh, you know, just the just the operations management, but also uh, marketing and you know working with Jen and her PR team and just all of the all of the details that need to get sorted out, right? Because you want the execution to be as perfect as possible when you're rolling out that quickly in so many high quality accounts. And John put together a just a A plus team to really drive that initial launch um, through 18 and into 19. And, you know, every day just wakes up, you know, waving the banner of once upon a farm, just jazz ready to go. And, you know, he's such an inspirational leader to work with. And I thank the stars that, you know, I get to work with him. I get to learn from him and not only him, but, but the incredible leadership team 
that we have at Once Upon a Farm, as well as all the people that that have come in to all the different departments to really augment um, the vision and to help us really fulfill our promise to uh, to customers, to to ourselves, right? Um, I mean, we would never have been able to launch, you know, for instance, a WIC uh, line of baby food, right? Without mm-hmm. not just John and Jen uh, making a promise that we would do it, but but all the people behind the scenes who had to work so hard to uh, create a product that wouldn't lose us money that we could still sell into market uh, for a very, very, very low price uh, to be able to um, uh, meet the standards for uh, the Women, Infant, Children program. Exactly. And it's, I think what's so, it's amazing. We were talking uh, before we, we started uh, the show, right? That you created something better from what was already out there. Um, there were other brands before Once Upon a Farm that did sure. baby food in a pouch, but it was either, you know, uh, retorted, which is a fancy word of saying cooked or pasteurized, or it was, you know, yeah, it was pasteurized or gently or, or flash pasteurized in some way. And um, one of my mentors and then friends also said, you know, when you create a product, it's about one degree of weirdness from what's already on the market. And your degree of weirdness, I'm not saying it's weird, but it's different, is that you created something that is fresh, an existing category which is already popular, but created something that just blows the doors off anything else that's in the market. But what I love about Once Upon a Farm and the merchandising of it is that it's in the refrigerated section versus in the shelf-stable section. That's probably really helped you a lot, right, in velocity and aware and visibility on the brand, right, just being in that set. It does, yes. I mean, uh, as you know, uh, most consumers these days uh, spend most of their money in the perimeter of the grocery store, and that I mean, for that's one reason why you're you're seeing more refrigeration in the middle of the grocery stores, you know, more and more because uh, I think the buyers and, and the retailers are starting to realize the power of moving towards fresh products. Um, Exactly. But what I would say is that it's kind of sad that, or it's sad to me that you could buy refrigerated babe, uh, dog food, right, almost anywhere in the country, uh, before you could buy refrigerated baby food. So <laughs> we definitely we we had a long way to go. Um, and it's funny too, you know, th- there's an advantage and disadvantage because the disadvantage I would say if you're starting out from the very beginning, like we were, and you're trying to get this highly coveted, you know, space which is that yogurt that yogurt space. I mean, that's super high velocity. And if you're a a challenger brand with a limited marketing budget, it's really, really tough, not just to get that initial placement, but then to justify your, um, your position as you're, as you're building the momentum and, and, and trying to get new customers in. So, you know, luckily we've been able to really accomplish that, um, really well over time, but it, it definitely, has taken time um you know chobani i mean if you look at the velocities of of certain yogurt brands they just they're just mind-blowing in some cases in some stores and you can't be expected to necessarily match those um those kinds of brands but if you can show that your brand is um incremental to the set uh, as an add-on right it's not competing with the yogurt set, it's really incremental. It's a different type of product and customers will buy it uh, 
in addition to whatever you know they would normally buy in that space, it becomes a really compelling story for the buyers and something that we've really found uh, rings true for our brand. Exactly. Well, talking about um, future innovation, right? What what you know what what you what you can yeah. share, right? Because some some of it I'm sure is uh, under wraps, but. I'm sure you've done a lot of market research on, you know, knowing your target market and demographic and working backwards from there. That's like the best way, in my opinion, of running a CPG brand, right? You got to know your market mm -hmm. before you come out with a product. So your market, you said it, WIC, you know, women, infant, and children. Are you seeing now that you're expanding beyond that, right? To people like me, sure. a millennial, you know, I'm, I'm a very dated millennial at the very cusp of millennial <laughs> I'll, i'm proud that i made it but i barely made it i was born hey, me eight. too me too yeah 82 that's that's my what, 83. What year? 83 so we both barely made it across the millennial line so mm -hmm. are you seeing in your research that are less and less like what, what what demographic is actually having this product now in its current state is it still mostly children and moms that are buying it for their children are guys starting to go in there and buy it like what are you seeing in the in the in the uh in the market research sure so uh it's interesting uh out of our we have a lot of we have i mean we have a lot of products um like around 30 different products um but really we have eight that we focus on because they are driving over 80 percent of our business and i'm very proud to say that of those eight five of them are still the original products that we launched with in 2016. So, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. Our, you know, our, our idea was right on point. Now, the way we think about how are we going to grow, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to all come from innovation. That doesn't mean we're not working on innovation or, you know, we're not going to launch innovation. But the way we think about growth is really related to our core set that we know um, is just uh it's it's just a great product line that more customers need to be able to find and identify with so the question is how do you bring more families into our uh into buying once upon a farm and you know what do we do to really sort of boost that uh boost that opportunity so that's really what we're focused on in 21 um and i think we have a really a stellar strategy to do that. Part of it uh, is flowing through now, and that is our um, new packaging, which no longer says organic baby food. It actually says at the top, no sugar added, mm -hmm. and then underneath it says uh, fruit and veggie blends. Yep. I'm so that's, at it right that's now. flowing through on the packaging. Yeah. So that's really the first step in a multi step process. But um, starting, I want to say, next month. You'll see some very significant changes mm. uh, flow, flowing through. Uh, can't exactly say what they are, but they're very exciting changes. The whole team is really, really jazzed about it, um, and that's about all I can say about it for now. But yeah, really exciting things coming up. <laughs> that's great. That's great. You've done a great job of telling us enough as a teaser, but not too much where you get in trouble with your own board, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got. It. Yeah, I'm looking at the packaging now, you know, as mentioned in the beginning, you know, I, I picked this up on the way yeah. and it is more universally um, accessible. It doesn't have to be for a kid. Um, it has mm -hmm. the art on here. It could be for a kid or an adult. And I think you've, you've really 
have that nice, that nice balancing point between the two. And we talked also about Genius, right, where we're going to be working on some small upgrades and tweaks. I can't say too much either, or I might get uh, yelled at later. <laughs> but um, we're also looking to broaden our market more beyond just coconut and in, in being in that coconut water set and expanding more to that functional plant-based set, which is growing at a huge rate right now. And the, and the pandemic has only accelerated that growth. Um, we're running out of time. I think we're actually over time, but you know what? I did not want to call the clock at all on you because I love hearing your story. I love chatting with you. Um, it's amazing what you've done and I want everyone to hear, you know, your full story. So I didn't call the clock at all because of that reason, but I can congratulate you because you are now the longest running interview we've had on 15 minutes of genius <laughs> so far in 35 episodes. And that's Ooh. in a good way. There were, there were two others that were at 26 minutes. I think Czar at High Touch was at 26. Jim Tonkin, one of our board, previous board members, he was at 27. You're going to be clocking in almost at 30. So, and it's okay. I love it. I love it. 30 minutes of goodness with Once Upon a Farm and Ari Ross. sorry Rice. to your audience. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope I made you. Hope people hope are still here watching time, it. audience. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be watching, man, because, uh, you know, uh, you don't even have to apologize. They're enjoying it. Trust me. Let's go into our final segment, Rapid Fire Questions. Rapid Fire Questions. And with these questions, you'll be securing the top spot of 30 minutes. So here we go. Going to rename the show, baby. 30 Minutes of Genius, just for you. All right, here we go. One after another, answer it as fast as you can. First thing that pops in your mind, okay? You ready? Sure. In sync or Backstreet Boys? In sync. Nice choice. First thing you do when you wake up? <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do I have to? <laughs> we'll skip it if you want to. Yeah. That, that's an answer. That's an answer in and of itself, right there. <laughs> Movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. Jurassic Park. Nice. Love that movie. Song you can listen to in an unlimited amount of times. What I've got. What I've got. Subliminal. No. Uh, sublime. Right. Favorite national park? Yosemite. Hell yeah. What is your spirit animal? Hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you're not the first person to ask this question, and I, and I can never answer it. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with a lion because Ari means lion in Hebrew. I didn't know that. That's what I'm going to go with. Yep. Right on. A member of the tribe. It's just like me. Mm. I, I, I didn't even know that. That's I, I'm, I'm ashamed I didn't know that Ari meant lion. Uh, window seat or aisle seat on an airplane? Window. Peanut butter or almond butter? Peanut. Cold weather or hot weather? Hot. Cold brew or hot coffee? Or if you don't have caffeine. Hot coffee. Hot coffee. Couple more here, LeBron James or MJ? Oh, MJ. Thank God. The last like three <laughs> guests have said LeBron. No. Okay. So, uh, and I'm like, what? Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, and, and and one one said it that was in our generation. Like in our generation, it's MJ. Oh, uh, how could it? If you grew up in the '90s, I mean, come on. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're born in like 99 and, you, you know, that's a different story. But come on. I mean, that's just crossing the line to me. I may not even air their episode because, of, <laughs> because they answered LeBron. Uh, ginger or turmeric? Ginger. Favorite food or drink if you're stuck on a deserted island? You cannot say once upon a farm and you cannot say I was going to say juice. G- Damn Can't it. say those I was two. I say genius juice. Took it. Oh, took the well, words out I'm of your mouth. I'm going to have to go with Hugh Chocolate. Oh my God! And that acquisition that just happened—jeez! Congratulations to Jordan and 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 the team. Love, love that Absolutely. product. Love it. All right, so that is rapid fire questions with Ari Roz, co-founder and president. Of, yep, just made it through. Once upon a farm, our new crowning champion for the longest interview in a great way. Thirty minutes of genius for this episode only. Ari. My man, thank you again, and glad to be also a member of Naturally San Diego. Big shout out to your, to your, uh, to thank the you. team and the group. Hope to have a live thank event you. soon. Uh, thank you again for joining us, my man. Have a wonderful night. It's my pleasure. You too. All right. Thank you all. Thank you all for watching, and have a great night yourself, Alex. Awesome. Thanks, Ari. Okay, so that is episode thirty-six of fifteen minutes, or now thirty minutes of genius. And uh, that is Ari Raz, uh, as mentioned, president, co-founder of Once Upon a Farm, an amazing, not just baby food, but just a a real food in a pouch for anyone, including dudes like me. So that is episode 36. Big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark at ManhattanBeachStudios.net for editing desires. Make sure to email him, contact him, knock down his door. He's amazing. And uh, let's see, one more thing. Stay genius my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.